0: Welcome to Sustainability Behind the Curtain, where we talk to the people working behind the sustainability movement to learn more about sustainability and how it affects us.
1: We explore what sustainability really means and talk to the experts about the ideas and innovations that can help us get there.
0: We are based out of the University of Saskatchewan, but the conversations we have are relevant on a much larger scale.
1: I'm Sydney Bolton, an undergraduate student at the University of Saskatchewan. I'm studying how people inhabit the environment and how we can work towards a more sustainable and harmonious relationship with the natural world.
0: I am Royal Hinther, an undergraduate student at the University of Saskatchewan, and I too am studying how sustainability affects all aspects of our lives.
1: Behind the scenes, we're joined by Karina Lenko, our fellow student and partner on this project.
0: We are very excited to introduce our guest this episode, Mayor Charlie Clark. Charlie Clark was first elected mayor of Saskatoon in 2016, and was re-elected in 2020.
1: Before he was involved with municipal politics, Charlie Clark worked in the areas of mediation and community economic development. He has bachelor's degrees in conflict resolution and education, as well as a master's degree in environmental studies.
0: Charlie is passionate about Saskatoon. He believes that Saskatoon can become one of the leading cities in Canada. He is committed to building a community where people see each other's strengths instead of differences, where families can thrive, and children are able to see a future for themselves here.
1: He was kind enough to meet with us and talk about his perspective on sustainability and what he believes the biggest challenges and opportunities are right here in Saskatoon. Here's what he had to say. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, uh, Mayor Charlie Clark, for meeting with us today. Um, we're really excited to have you on the uh, Sustainability Podcast.
2: I'm happy to join you and uh, thank you for for inviting me to have this important conversation.
1: Of course. Yeah. Um, so we want to start with getting to, alo- to know a little bit more about you and what you do. So what does a typical day or a typical week in the mayor's office look like?
2: Well, typical has not been typical as is is the case for everybody lately, right? So um, uh, although even though, you know, my usually in the past, I would spend a lot more time running around from different events and, you know, I have a lot more of my time dedicated to that uh, type of activity. um, The fundamental um, role is still, you know, the same. It's, you know, that, that we have an ongoing very important role and responsibility as a city to be planning and developing and and, uh, delivering services to citizens and that um, uh, ensure that people have great quality of life here and there's lots and lots of work that needs to be done in order to Um, ensure that we're on top of things and especially in a time of of significant change Mm -hmm. uh, to be understanding okay how is the change in technology going to affect us how is the change in the economy going to affect us how is the change in sustainability and climate change and working with our city council our city administration city partners in the community um, you know uh, within organizations within the business community and citizens other orders of government in order to make sure that we uh, have the information and the resources we need to to, um, to keep the city running and, uh, mm-hmm. and prepare for the future. That's so nice. it's a lot of meetings, basically, yeah. to do I that. <laughs> yeah,
1: it seems like you're kind of the centre and then there's spokes that go out all over to different yeah. services and groups and stuff. So. Yeah, and
2: it's really a, an ongoing process for me to understand how to best use the role and the opportunity I have as mayor to ensure uh, I'm having the right conversations with the right people to do that, but also staying in touch with some of the everyday issues that citizens are facing and, and making sure that I'm I'm hearing and understanding uh, where uh, where our citizens are at in the community. So that involves just you know having conversations with with everyday citizens as well as with uh, you know cabinet ministers in the provincial and federal governments and and other leaders.
1: That's great. Uh, what made you decide to get into municipal politics?
2: I was pretty much encouraged to do it uh, okay. back in 2004. Um, I had been working within the community-based sector and working in community economic development um, and actually on some sustainability initiatives and in, in also in the world of restorative justice and mediation. And um, at the time, there was a, a feeling like there was... Uh, a need to or a hope to have more younger people on city council and to and and I having this kind of mediation background um, um, was encouraged because there was a lot of quite divisive uh, issues in the city happening uh, you know we were facing the outcome of the uh, starlight tours and the Stonechild inquiry and, right. and a lot of um, uh, tension and you know mistrust between the uh, indigenous and non-indigenous communities and police we were facing debates about what to do with south downtown river landing and there was a lot of division around around that and and also the development of a new neighborhood called Stonebridge and, and debates about how to fund and and uh and how much to continue to have new uh, uh greenfield neighborhoods and suburban neighborhoods versus trying to grow up and uh as somebody who likes to figure out how to um not deal with issues in an us versus them way in a in a you know a divided way but to find the common ground and to try and bring people together which is something we have a long history of doing and as a city in many aspects of our life i i felt like i wanted to try and because at the municipal level it's not partisan i got involved because i wanted to try and see if we could bring that kind of thinking into the way we make decisions at a city.
1: That's really interesting. I think that idea of like coming together and bringing different groups together is really important with sustainability and all things like municipal politics. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, You talked about your background in kind of restorative justice and mediation. But do you think uh, your background in environmental science helped inform that decision at all?
2: Certainly. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I do want to clarify that my degree uh, with I have a master's degree in environmental studies. It wasn't focused on environmental science. Sorry, so environmental it was studies. actually a very interdisciplinary degree that was focused on globalization, actually, and some of the uh, developments yeah. and impacts of globalization. And so um, I don't want to claim to be uh, sort of an expert within within in the world of environmental science. Um, at the same time, obviously, you know, in my lifetime, growing up, this sort of issues around climate change and and the the um, uh, the responsibility and obligation we have to make sure we're we're making decisions that are not going to compromise or sacrifice future generations and the planet is is um, it's very much been part of of uh, of growing up. And now, if I look at kids growing up today, it's even more. I think. A feeling of concern about our, what mm. path are we on yeah. and are we going to have a good future and that's tied to globalization it's tied to you know the the sort of way we both help to develop jobs in the economy but but also ensure that we're not doing so in a way that um risks the entire future of the planet so uh yeah i mean those that that is obviously was a motivator for me to try and help be part of figuring mm. out those solutions especially in saskatoon where we have yeah. among the highest greenhouse gas um right emissions per capita in the world
1: we're actually both doing it's an undergraduate degree we're doing a degree called environment and society which is very interdisciplinary about environmental science and studies and the politics of it and the history of it so yeah. i think we probably have like somewhat of a similar academic background
0: <laughs> right yeah. yeah um you've already talked about kind of what led you to focus on sustainability here um and we have a little tidbit here is during the campaign and Now that you've been elected, you've been referred to as bike lane, Charlie. Um, This is partly because you've been very vocal in your support for a sustainable Saskatoon. Um, Do you think over the maybe last couple of years, your uh, focus for sustainability is maybe ramping up now?
2: Yeah, I mean, I th- what we've been doing as as a city, in terms of our budgeting and in terms of our projects and in terms of the work, uh, is really trying to push out on on the areas that we think we can have a have, a, have an impact. So, we have. Um, been putting the resources in to have a really solid high performance building policy. So all the buildings that we're building and the buildings that we're retrofitting, you know, will meet the standards of lead silver and and net zero ready. We are building a a large scale, you know, one megawatt um, solar um, field out Mm -hmm. by uh circle drive west as a as a way of uh really being able to test and expand the the uh, role of solar power in our city because we know that is an area and it's not massive on the scale of of what some of the other you know solar projects are but within the area that we can develop it it's going to be an important step we're you know working on our own electric vehicle fleets and building the infrastructure for for electric vehicles and and you know a a bus rapid transit plan we're now making decisions to buy electric buses because we've actually tried an electric bus and the life cycle cost of that uh, bus has been identified to save us a uh, half a million dollars over the Mm -hmm. over the life of an electric bus which is pretty impressive um and so uh yeah i mean i think that despite the fact that people call me bike lane Charlie, you know, who 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 maybe have concerns or, crit- or critiques about whether we should be trying to move in that direction. I actually think we have a lot of support in the community as a whole mm-hmm. that understand that this is the way the world is going and that this is the way our city needs to go. And we have, unfortunately, we're starting behind in a way because of how uh, carbon intensive our electricity is and how low, Um, density our city is and Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know um, and there's we have a lot of leaky buildings that we want to try and retrofit we have the home energy loan program that we've initiated Um, so yeah I think we're trying to move from just sort of like the abstract let's try and you know address climate change to what practical things can we do that actually are both making sense from a financial standpoint and also from a uh, environmental standpoint.
1: No, I definitely think that there are a lot of challenges being in like this particular place in the world and this like kind of a smaller city, but I think there's also a lot of opportunities. And that's what I've seen a lot of from you guys and your team is identifying those opportunities and really trying to get deeper into them and try to get them going yeah
2: you can spend a lot of time on this debate about whether there's (laughs) climate change or not and 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 the longer you debate about it you're not actually doing anything so we're we're deciding to move from the debate to say let's just focus on what actions we can take Mm -hmm. and then you end up being able to engage new partners in a new way and you can have much more practical conversations and it uh i think it's a it's a, a it's a necessary step right now and to to just move to action. Mm
1: -hmm. Do you want to take the next one too? Sure.
0: Um, So you've talked about kind of uh, the broad concept of sustainability, um, but there's many different uh, definitions of sustainability and I think it's a little different for everybody. So we're kind of wondering if you have a personal definition on what sustainability is.
2: Yeah. Well, I guess I've been talking about climate change in my comments so far, but I actually think that, uh, and, and I've been more and more influenced by spending time within the indigenous community and with, with, uh, with elders and leaders within the first nations community to think about sustainability as an overall relationship that we have with the land, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, uh and that's actually a fundamental part of the the what the treaty elders have said is that you know the the treaty uh relationship as the uh treaty elders and the and the leadership of the time uh, in 1876 when they entered into a relationship of treaty it was both with each other and and an under- and with the creator for as long as the uh, grass will grow and the rivers will flow uh, with the understanding. One of the fundamental concepts is wetaskawin, which is uh, to live in sacred relationship with one another on this land. And so, you know, uh, I think sustainability is about really taking putting your attention on understanding so you all of the decisions we make and in, in, in the, the actions that we take, what's the impact on, on the land that we're on And, and yeah. seeing the land seeing the land as um, a, a fundamental part of what allows us to, to live here. you know, the health of, of our water, the health of our, of our air, the health of, of the plants and animals around us is actually, uh, very important for our own health. And as we've seen in cities where they've, things have gotten so degraded that they can't breathe or, you know, right. just, you, you can't function or you don't have clean water, like, it, it, it's a very problematic situation. And so I think sustainability is both about, uh, you know, climate change is actually just one sort of major threat of the right. impact of not having that relationship, but also... You know, as we work with MIWAS and and we look at how how to and the Northeast Swale and how to figure out how in an urban environment to also ensure that the the uh, the lands and the conservation of of those lands is is maintained, um, and to create spaces for people to maintain that relationship with with this land that we're on and and uh, continue to work with with First Nations partners to help us understand the ways that people have been doing that for millennia. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all and even the way we handle our our waste and and realizing that whatever we do whatever decisions we make whatever garbage we produce it has a impact and you the more we can be responsible about all those steps the the uh the better so for me that that's the way i think about
1: Mm -hmm. sustainability so less so of like a goal that we need to like reach this place like someday we'll achieve sustainability and it'll be done but more about just like Building those relationships and kind of continuously improving yeah. how we live on the land and with each other. It is a
2: living and ongoing relationship yeah. between us and the and the land and that we live on, and the air that we breathe, and the water we drink, and all of those things yeah. for sure.
1: Do you think there are any other frameworks of sustainability that have kind of informed that definition for you? So, for example, there's like the Brundtland Commission, which says it's ensuring that we can live now and in the future or things like the three pillars model, which says that there's society and economy and the environment or even like the UN Sustainable Development Goals, which says here are 17 things that we want to do. Like, Do you think those kind of frameworks have helped inform you or do you think it's more just like working in tandem?
2: Well, as I said, I think the Indigenous Framework has probably been the most influential, Um, but the the UN uh, Sustainable Development Goals, I I appreciate that there is that integrated understanding within the development goals and that you need to kind of find ways that that really incorporates all of those dimensions in terms of um, building a society. And that's the reality within a city that we see and we know is you can't just focus on one thing without realizing that it's integrated with the other and the, the, um, so, yeah, but I'm not an expert in the Brundtland commission reports or some of those other, uh, other frameworks.
1: No, I was just curious.
0: Yeah. Yes. Um, you talked a little bit about, uh, what you were doing for sustainable initiatives in the city. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on that you're currently doing to,
1: maybe anything you're particularly excited about something yeah. that's
0: new
2: well you know i think that the what we were saying before about how do we move from a place where we're sort of hung up on a debate between whether we should do anything at all or you know whether and unfortunately there's still a lot of the sentiment in we know in north america of people who feel that this sort of Um, taking action on climate change is not necessary or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, some of the areas where we've had some success that I think are important is for example, with the home energy loan program, you know, we know we have all these houses and buildings that are just leaking energy, you know, that Mm -hmm. that they're just people have gas furnaces that aren't efficient, that are generating all this heat that's just going out windows and, and it's costing them money it's it's creating you know not ideal living environments and it's just you know burning up fossil fuels into the atmosphere and so we uh we also know that there's a growing and always um interested construction industry that's looking for how how to make sure there's employment for their their um their Organizations and businesses, and so we partnered with this home builders association in the development of the home energy loan program, and and in fact found a, a real win win between business and um, and environment by building a program together that uh, that both creates jobs in the industry and um, improves the housing that people have, and also. Uh, reduces uh, uh, emissions right and and helps to address one of our risks which is our, our leaky buildings um and so you know and, and even when we put out the low emissions community plan um that was another document that kind of freaked a lot of people out because it, it had this massive you know uh, long-term over 30 years billion multi-billion dollar price tag and 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 it led some people to sort of um say this was crazy and we shouldn't do this and all these things and um but what what i was important for me to do is again to say let's let's okay i understand you know people see a number like that and they and that's all they can focus on so i would sat down with groups like the North Saskatchewan business association the nsba and looked at the actual components of it to say you know this is what we're talking about this is what the cost is of not doing this Mm -hmm. um this is the risks we have if we actually just keep going with status quo and um and then and look let's talk about the areas that we can work on together that are actually going to be uh able to again create jobs drive innovation make sure that saskatoon is part of this uh this move towards these new technologies and not be left behind and they ended up there was the nsba wrote an article uh that actually promoted the the um the essence of the plan you know not long after that so um to me that's a the really important thing that we need to be doing is to be and I know I've emphasized that that so that's not a specific project but I think it's kind of an approach to tackling this issue I'm proud of the work we've done with the U of S to create to do a joint climate commitment and we're Mm -hmm. we're working with them in in practical terms and looking at areas around energy production and transit and buildings and all those things to, to work together. Um, we're building out recovery park right now, which is going to help to divert waste uh, out of the landfill that can be otherwise reutilized and, right. and, uh, and become a resource within the community instead of just, uh, as I said, just becoming junk. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so, uh, and then all the work, you know, with the Miwasan right now and their urban park and the establishment wow. of this Hopefully, you know signature way within a s- urban developed area of bringing uh, a conservation partners, the indigenous community, the city, federal and provincial governments, uh, and citizens together to to really um, create that overall um, community that is in, informed by and and uh, benefits from uh, all of uh, of a. A series of of smart and well well uh, managed conservation areas
0: uh, that gives people that ongoing ability to to stay connected right. to the land. It sounds mm-hmm. like you have a kind of renewed um, incentive for cooperation that maybe goes a little deeper in a lot of these areas than previously before.
2: Yeah, it takes time as mayor to mm-hmm. build those relationships right. too, and so. That's been a goal is to sort of figure out in my first term, okay, where are the biggest opportunities and how do we, you know, build enough trust to people to try things together and now we're trying to move forward on those. Yeah.
1: You also said something that stuck in my mind. You said the the cost of not taking action in these certain areas is going to be higher than the cost of taking action. And that to me sounds uh, a lot like climate adaptation, as opposed to mitigation, which of course is that instead of like reducing your emissions or trying to stop climate change, it's like, how can we figure out how to live in the environment we have now? So is there any kind of planning in that area that you think you're particularly proud of in the city?
2: Uh, Well, I mean, we're already seeing those costs uh, as a result of the, of the changing climate. And we're, we just spent $19 million building a storm pond down in, um, Buena Vista neighborhood uh in order to um prepare the you know the land for prepare the that area to deal with some of the flooding that's happening because storms are are happening very differently than they were in the 60s and 70s so um when it comes what we're doing now with our natural infrastructure planning mm-hmm. and the and the green infrastructure work I think that really ties into this is understanding how we work more with the natural systems so that we don't ham ourselves in by right, building infrastructure right. that actually will yes. will not uh, respond and 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 will will have to retrofit in the way that we are with these other items um I think we're gonna have to go for it so um yeah
1: that's okay um
2: so those are s- some areas i guess around adaptation
1: mm-hmm. i feel like we've actually covered most of the other yeah. questions that we were going to talk about already um i do want to ask the last one is that okay go for it uh yeah so we kind of talked about this a little more in the beginning but then i guess as the last closing argument um sustainability and climate change and all kinds of, this is a very controversial issue and even for people that support the idea of sustainability, it can be difficult to decide like how, what's the best way to do it? How should we go about it? So, how do you manage these kind of disagreements as uh, a politician or like a municipal leader?
2: Well, I think it goes back to what I said at the beginning. I, I think it's really important to uh, learn how and find ways to not have this be an us versus them. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, gets hung up on this idea of that we can't go past this debate about whether there's climate change or not the the best thing we can do and and i believe there is and i'll continue to promote that but i think the best thing we can do is to to actually move into areas of practical application and say okay well what we know that there is going to be a move towards electric vehicles so how do we make sure we're what do we need to do as a city to prepare for that regardless of whether you believe this climate change right, right. you know Just, like, yeah. it's going to affect everybody yeah. we yeah. it's better for people to have lower utility bills and more comfortable houses and so how do we actually start building you know those and so I think for people who are struggling with with where I think the more you can become get focused on on sort of what are the actual practical areas of change that you think are needed and then who's who's working in that direction already and how do you help to make the case for it in yeah. a way that is is less hung up on on the political mm-hmm. side, um, that that's where the, the biggest opportunities are. Um, and uh, the more people can start to just see that, the more likely we're going to be able to make more
0: progress. That's great. Well, Charlie, thank you very much for, for meeting with us here today. It was very interesting to listen to you, and I'm sure our viewers will very much appreciate your time. So thank you. Okay.
1: Yeah, thank you very much.
2: Awesome. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in if you've stayed till the end and uh, keep up this very, very important work. We I have three children. I think a lot about what world we're leaving them. And uh, and I know it's, it's become a challenging time because of the level of division out there. But we need to keep working and demonstrating and showing those practical solutions. And we're seeing more and more organizations and companies and partners in Saskatoon and Saskatchewan that are just moving there that direction. And so, um, that does give me hope.
0: Awesome.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for coming behind the curtain with us to learn more about sustainability, for helping us to make this podcast possible. We would like to thank the university of Saskatchewan and the Saskatoon co-op
0: and a special thanks to Colin, Vladimir, Palmer, and everyone who has supported us so far you can find more information and more episodes like this at www.sustainabilitypod.wixsite.com/listen i'm sydney i'm royal and, and this, this has, has been, been sustainability behind, behind the curtain, curtain.